And just like that, we're back. I mean, people cannot get away from us, huh, dude? <laughs> just, you're everywhere, man. Just, Welcome to Wednesday. Old, I spoke to my old friend George Passanelli yesterday after a long time, haven't spoken to him in a bit. And he's like, dude, you and your son are everywhere. <laughs> yes. I, uh, Ryan Stanchek. Who's the O line coach at Southern Miss? Shot me a, a throwback picture, like something had popped up on one of his memories, and he sent me a picture of it from when we were in like Ohio together. And uh, I said, "Oh my god, you know, great picture!" And he goes, "Dude, your show in the morning is amazing." And I'm like, "I didn't even know you were watching, you know?" <laughs> like, so it's cool. We've got you coaches know, from all over thing. the country. You, you really don't know who's ever watching when they show up. Like this morning, Anthony Roland. Um, who I actually miss you, brother. I would love to smoke a cigar with you. It's time for a stick. But, um, you know, I, I don't know that he's watching unless he pops in here, you know, so uh, it's crazy. To say something. Right, he has to. So just so, so people know, if you jump in on LinkedIn um, or Facebook and make a comment, we can hear you. We know you. We're happy to shout you out. Um, you know, really, really good stuff when, when you get to do that. Uh, Ron Katz, my uh, Midas Touch man, uh, is is in the house. Welcome aboard. Um, uh, Kelly Martin, who is uh, our, our friend and our client, is actually in Florida. So I think she brings the hurricane. She is the one that brings all the energy. Uh, that hurricane is actually turned around and is heading towards um, – towards Gainesville now. <laughs> it's absurd. Like that, it's, like that thing just thing doesn't want to go like away, a full man. loop and it's just deciding wherever it wants to go. Like, oh, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop there. Make sure everybody gets a taste. Wreaks some havoc. I mean, it's still a little bit of rain up here, man. It's, uh, you know, we have little glimpses of sun and then, you know, so. Uh, Good morning, some, uh, Jeremy some... Mish. And absolutely a happy Veterans Day to Everybody who is a veteran in this group, anybody that's ever served and been a part of our uh, our military services, very happy. We're going to have some content for you that's going to talk about some of that and share the veterans. But I put a post out early this morning. You know, we always talk about starting the day with gratitude. And I don't. I, I probably should. But I should include them on that gratitude list because it's the ultimate sacrifice. They're willing to do whatever it takes for us. And they don't even know us. So very, special you know, so like, so, so obviously my dad, your grandfather is a veteran uh, who fought in yep. the war. And so, you know, the idea that we thank those that did something selfless like that is so tremendous is so great. But um, even with the police, man, I, the police and the firemen, we have an expectation that they're going to be there when we're in trouble. You know, I always say, thank you for your service. I'll never forget. I was on a trip to uh, Houston, us uh, to Nashville with Jeremy Brooks. We were speaking at a Shell Oil convention and, on social media, and you know it was fantastic because we go into some place to get some barbecue, and he sees policemen in front of us, and he goes, "I got their tab," and I was like, "Wow, that was cool." He goes, "My dad was chief of police in Kansas City, and it was norm that we would buy them their food. They would never pay for food," and I was like, "I was so blown away. Thank you for your service." Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. There's three. Sublicious subs. So when I, my, one of my first jobs, it was actually the first place I was ever a manager or any kind of leader. 
And uh, every time a cop or a firefighter would come in, we, you know, load up the sandwich and, hey, what else do you need? We pack them full of bags of chips and drinks and take stuff back to the station or whatever. We always took care of them. It was always on the house and always a cool experience when they would come in. So somebody, a LinkedIn user who is not registered, we can't see you, said, great to connect with Mark yesterday. Absolutely loved it. Who might that be? Mark Nudelberg. Tell me who, um, who did you connect with yesterday? I'm assuming that was David Phillips because him and I had a virtual coffee yesterday and talked oh, awesome. all about sales process and talked a lot about radio and media and transitioning from that to something else. He's in the construction world now. So uh, absolutely great virtual coffee and hopefully there'll be some opportunity there for us down the road. Yeah, we've already been talking to Dave, so to yeah. David, so that's great. So let me jump into some uh, phenomenal uh, Wednesday, Wisdom Wednesday music. Let's go. It's a nice little 1989 jam. And, you know, we're on this concept of social media and content and what to do and what not to do. And the hall in the wall is about, hey, just express yourself. Don't do some, you know, canned bullshit that doesn't make any sense. So I thought the song fit. Certainly she is, uh, you know, if you go back and listen to the library the library of stuff that she did and the transformation of how she stayed in front of the curve. I mean, you're talking about 30 years worth of 30 plus years worth of great music. So uh, phenomenal music. It's a way to get started today. We're going to talk about expressing yourself. That's what the new norm is. Forget about pandemic, forget about sales, forget about it. It's about expressing yourself before we get to that. Cause I promised you, we're going to talk about LinkedIn content. We're going to talk about trust and then, we're going to talk about a special human being who celebrated his 50th birthday and has some really, really, really cool stuff. But before we do that, here's a salute to Veterans Day. There's a lot of horse down. Americans traditionally love to fight. All real Americans love the sting of battle. When you were kids, you all admired the champion marble shooter, the fastest runner, the big league ball players, the toughest boxers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Americans play to win all the time. I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for a man who lost. 
<laughs> Love Patton. So first of all, a salute to our veterans, certainly uh, a great way to do that. That is a real speech. There was a General George S. Patton and that entire speech, which obviously I'm not going to play, there's jock chock full of great stuff, but you know, horse dung, man. <laughs> does, it get, does it get any better than horse dung? We're not going to stand for this shit. So uh, clear leadership. You did a great job yesterday of, of, of talking about the Marines and the discipline and the stuff like that. So I wanted to show you a different twist on a few good men. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth. Son, we live in a world that requires revenue, and that revenue must be brought in by people with elite skills. Who's gonna find it? You, Mr. Finance? You, Mr. Operations? We have a greater responsibility than you could possibly fathom. You scoff at the sales division. You curse our lucrative incentives. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what we know that while the cost of business results may seem excessive, it drives in revenue. And my very existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, drives revenue. You don't want to know the truth, because deep down in places that you don't talk about are team and management meetings. You want me on that call. You need me on that call. We use words like fleet view, volume control, total cost of ownership, we use these words as a backbone of a life spent negotiating something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor inclination to explain myself to people who rise and sleep under the very blanket of revenue that I provide and then question the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise so good. So, so Scott Graham said, I've never look, seen that. No, a lot of people haven't. I looked at the views on that. There's only like 350 views on that video. So well done. That needs to get pushed everywhere. So, so uh, not only, um, you know, not only did I uh, do, I have I seen that a long time ago. Um, it's amazing because um, I saw it. I loved it. But to your point, nobody really talks about it. But what it brings up is a really interesting point that the reason why we do everything at some point, I love the gratitude. I love the good feeling. But if you're not driving revenue in some respect, you're not raising money for a charity. You're not driving revenue for your business. You will be homeless. So, you know, the idea here, and, and that's why I thought they're punching, they're making fun of it, is that you need to have your eye on the ball and understand that if you do the right things, have the right process, a part of what comes back to you is revenue. So they, they make fun of it. I don't know if you wanted to comment on it. but So I want to I wanna tie it into sports and how organizations Good. are built, successful organizations are built as a head coach. You don't want anybody involved with the team that isn't tied into the scoreboard. That's the way the revenue is the scoreboard, right? So you want everybody in the organization with the mindset that they're doing everything they can to help the team win on Saturday. Because if you have anybody who's not tied into that, then they're not tied into the success of the team and will ultimately get you fired 
I think it's the same way when you're building an organization in business. Why would everybody not be tied into revenue and tied into customer experience? To me, those are the two things that make you successful as an organization. So I don't care what business you're in. Everybody should have the mindset that while I might not be customer facing or I might not be involved in actual driving new revenue, my job influences it somehow, some way. Therefore, I have to do it to the best of my ability. I am so thrilled that you made that tie, tied that in a knot because, you know, one of the things that we do with the rule in my book, tell me something good. The first person, the first impression who, when you call a company, right, that director of first impressions, if they don't make you feel good, that's going to screw up the sales and department, screw up the service department, you know, so all of this are pieces of a puzzle that fit together that all help drive revenue. So excellent point, young Noodleberg there. Great job. Um, now, as I promised, I wanted to switch gears to one of my favorite writers. The guy's name is Tim Denning. If you're not following him, he's all over the place. He's from, uh, hails from Australia, but he's really got a pulse on, on what's going on in social media. And this was the title of his article. People don't want to hear about your feelings on LinkedIn, quotations, and I beg to differ. That's exactly what they want. They just don't always know it. So before we jump in the article, you and I have talked about it ad nauseum, Mark. Um, share your thoughts ahead of it, and then I want to go through some of his key points here. Well, I, I think this ties into the fundamental that marketing has changed or the idea of marketing has changed and that it's really become about building relationship in every aspect of the customer journey. So whether you're thinking about the sales cycle or the customer funnel that you're building awareness, driving consideration and pushing people to make a decision, every aspect of that is based on building a relationship. And in order for you to build a relationship, you have to share feelings. Relationships are built, built on feelings. So that's the fundamental key in everything that you do. So that's where the article goes into talking about. I, I love it. I mean, from the get-go, I used to hear this. LinkedIn is a business platform. Facebook is personal, you know? Right. So like, I don't know what genius came up with that saying, but this is about, you know, be careful who you listen to. That is a complete falsehood, you know? And so it's a like when people hear it, it's like, we're like, what are you talking about? I thought I'm only supposed to post charts and, and graphs and things about my business. And wait a minute. So vulnerability and sharing the truth is what LinkedIn is. Those are the two words. That's what LinkedIn is. Get but, you know, and I, I've had this conversation um, a lot in my career about taking the mask off. You know, people, if you think about you're the clown, you get all dressed up and all of a sudden you're the clown. Well, what, what happens when you, you take the mask off? People want to see what's behind the mask. It's the most significant thing that, and Carissa hits it right on the head. It's from the Godfather, man. Business is always personal. It's always personal. If it's not, you're not invested in the game. You know, Mark, when you lost the game, was it personal? You put your fucking ass, it was personal, you know? So, so, um, go. So I, I think when you, when you take that to a content creation conversation and you look yourself, if you're, if you've gotten into the game of putting out content, when you look at the content that does the best, 
it's always based on some kind of emotion that's evoked out, uh, pulled out of that post, whether it be the, the, the video that I shared of Kai swimming on a Sunday, like you talked about your, your, what it's like to win post, you know, celebrate the wins right. with Jake and how much traction that got on a Sunday. I did the same thing when yeah. Kai started swimming. All I did was post the video of him taking his first lap in the pool and talked about how proud I was of seeing him overcome an obstacle. And that got a ton of traction because it was real. It was genuine. People can relate to that feeling. And I think it's hard when you get into the game of building personal brand. And we talk about it in two ways, subject matter expert. What do you know that you can share and deliver knowledge about? And what are the experiences that you can share that people can relate to? That's how you build personal brand, relatable and expertise. So I'm going to bring up two points and then I'm going to move through because I want to get to the FBI guy. But LinkedIn is different from every other social media platform because it's the place where you're guaranteed to have your boss and every other work colleague looking at what you're doing. So it's like, it's unbelievable. You know, I call it the, you know, you're, you're swimming in this pool where everybody's there They're at the networking event and you have the opportunity to grab a bullhorn and go, look at me, look at me. It's, you know, incredible. So, um, ignore the critics that tell you to hide and be quiet. Business is about people. And somebody posted it here. And my takeaway that I'll give you today for that is the Ford method. John DeJulius is fantastic. He's a guy that um, has a customer service agency. They deal with some of the biggest companies. He and I collaborate on Tell Me Something Good and the Ford method. If you were sitting down with somebody and you really wanted to know about them, you would ask them about their family, about their occupation, about their recreation, what do they do, and then last thing, their dreams and aspirations. So those are the questions that you would ask to get to know somebody. Let's reverse that. And let's go at it and say to the audience, I'm going to share those ahead of time. My content is going to be based. And if you're not uncomfortable, you're not doing it right. Because no one ever told you to do this. No one ever said, hey, listen, get up on stage and tell me that you're weird. Yeah, guess what? We're all weird. We all have weird shit. We all have weird thoughts. And the more genuine and authentic you are, and if you think it's easy, it's not. I started six years ago, so you may think, it looks easy to me, but every single thing that you do in your life, you suck that at one point. And I think, you know, you, you've talked about this before in a lot of your presentations where like our parents told us that it's not a popularity contest, but in business, it is 1000% a popularity contest because yeah. people don't do business with people they don't like. So if you want to be great at business, then you have to have a lot of people that like you and that's not conforming to everybody to like you. That's finding a lot of people who agree with your core principles and what you truly care about because that allows you to build a large network of people that believe in the same things that are on the same mission as you. That's how you expand Dave, and grow. Dave Estavali swings it in a way that, um, you know, big corporations have no, heart. You can't connect to their heart. So the entrepreneurial small business owner, the boutique businesses that big businesses are swallowing, that whole paradigm is shifted now. I want to do business with the person. Forget about the logo on the door. The only way I can find out is, hey, listen, I love to go to Anthony's. 
Why do I love to go to Anthony's? It's fucking chicken parmesan. I can get that anywhere. Why do I go to why do I go to Anthony's? Because of Anthony. We love Anthony. We love Anthony. We love, Anthony, right? you know, we love right? everybody so, there. Yeah, right. You know, so Chen's and all that, you know. So where if you think about where you love to eat, where you love to drink, where you love to shop, it's usually about the people that make you feel good, not the name on the door. So I think we covered that really well. Welcome, Henry Sosa. Haven't seen you in the huddle. Boy, we got some new names in the huddle, man. Thank you uh, for that comment. We bring it every day, brother. Bring your friends. And and uh, so let's switch to uh, FBI because I want to spend two minutes on this. And then I want to talk about um, somebody's 50th birthday. So um, so Robin Dreek, uh is an American counterintelligence expert. Um, he wrote The Code of Trust. And basically, he has 10 behaviors on ways to build trust. Um, and all social media allows you to do is to throw things about you out there that allow you the opportunity to build trust, not to sell something. So, Mark, quick comment here. Let's pull out a couple of these and then uh, jump into my uh, my final piece First of content. Of all- all, all of these are great. And a lot of these are great for in-person, like, you know, es- establishing uh, the first one says establish, establish an artificial time constraint so that people know that there's an end in sight. That's very similar to what we talk about in doing an upfront contract or just setting expectations. When I talk to leaders or sales professionals, it's critical that when you meet somebody new or you enter into a new relationship, it's not only important for them to know what's expected of them, but it's also important for them to understand what's expected from you. What can they expect from you? How are you going to show up? How much time is this going to take? Where are we going? What's this journey we're going on? Set that standard for me. So, so I'm going to flip through a couple of them. Accommodating nonverbals. Oh, by the way, that works in the Zoom thing, number one, if you don't have your camera on, what was the last time you did business with somebody that wore a paper bag? I mean, duh, McFly, right? Um, smiling is a nonverbal that you can pay attention to. Um, I love this one more than anything, ego suspension. Putting your ego aside and focusing solely on the wants, needs, and opinions of the people around you is the hardest thing to do in life. But when you do that, people get it. They go, wow, you're different. You know, so, you know, this whole idea of as human beings, we are biologically conditioned to accommodate um, uh, requests for assistance. It's all about help. This is a help platform. What can I do to help you? Period. Just leave it there. And and what, what, here's another one. What can I do to take off your, what can I take off your plate? Hey, Mark, what can I take off your plate? That's really ringing your bell. You want to make a friend for life? You know, so I want to tie this into the to the wall and hall a little bit because we talk about it all the time and we've gotten away from it on some days. But I know for sure that there are people that are listening to us daily that are still sending blank invites. And so I want to drive home the point here of when you're asking somebody to connect, that's your first opportunity to put your ego aside and try to deliver value to them by talking to them about who they are, what they are, and then figuring out how can I help. That is almost every single one of my conversations that happen in our volley back and forth on a on an invitation is, hey, what made you wanna connect? Great, they answered it, awesome, thank you for telling me that. How can I help you? What can I do for you? 
How, what can I, you know what? I'm going through a reorganization right now. You know what? I love talking about organizational structure. If you want to hop into a coffee to talk about that, glad to do so. Otherwise, welcome to the tribe. That is the cadence and how it goes in order to finding a way to deliver value to somebody. Just absolutely fantastic. So, you know, we could go on and on. Um, a couple of people have requested this. I will be glad to do that. Here's um, um, validation muscle is, uh, is something he talks about. When you validate other people by listening, being thoughtful and validate their thoughts, I hear you. Or, or I heard what you're saying, Mark, thank you. You know, I heard you say this. You just, how many people get validated every day? Not enough, you know, so. Let me tie um, that, let me tie out. that into a sales technique real quick because, okay, good, good. because I, I, we, people want to get to talking about overcoming objections all the time in the sales process. And I think number one, when you tell somebody, I understand, when you let them know, hey, I, I hear what you're saying and I understand you, but then not only do that, but repeat it back to them. That's called mimicking. Mimicking is an unbelievable way to build trust with somebody because it mimicking. shows that you actually heard them, that you were listening, you digested what they said, and you're not just trying to move past it. You're repeating back to them. I understand what you said, and I can see why X, Y, and Z would be a concern for you. Wow, I feel heard. I feel understood. And then that allows you to dive into a conversation about that problem. So validating what somebody says is going beyond just trying to overcome an objection. It's truly understand, understanding and hearing them. I, I love that. If anybody wants the list, I'm happy to share it. Always am. Just to uh, reach out to Shay or myself, happy to do that. A quick shout out to Jeff Bishop. Uh, thank you for getting our wardrobe uh, intact. By the end of the month, we should have some huddle shirts, some on-the-ball shirts, some really good we're, – we're off and running there. But he says um, Anthony and Runway 84 is one of our family's favorite spots. True that. Mark, where would we go for your graduation? Each time. For every my time graduation, yeah. For every kind of <laughs> monumental event that we've had a big meal at, that's been the spot to go to. And why do we go there? Because they treat us like royalty. You know, and that's why it's all about the experience. So all of this stuff is fantastic. Great back and forth flow. I want to celebrate one person's 50th birthday. Uh, he celebrated it last week. Shay, would you show me um, the, uh, yeah. So Ethan Hawke, um, who is a phenomenal actor, is he's got some amazing stuff. I fell into a quote last week reading, a night does not stop at each victory. He pushes on to risk a more significant failure. So I read this quote, and the quote was from Rules for a Night. Now, people want, ask me all the time, like, how do you come up with all this content? So I saw this, and I'm like, wow, I like Ethan Hawke. This quote blew my mind. I had never seen it. And I was like, okay, in the foxhole I go, Google Ethan Hawke, bang, bang, bang. What is Rules for a Night? So Hawke, in his book Rules for a Night, which was written in 2015, it was off my radar, was written for the instruction of his children. Styles himself as a medieval knight searching for the holy grail of higher being. A knight does not stop, and there, you know, there's the quote. So here's why I really respect the guy and why I went crazy. Throughout his career, Hawk has consistently challenged himself to grow. And if you 
dig into his story. His life story is amazing. He has appeared in more than 80 movies, predominantly independent films, interspersed with a couple of big Hollywood things. He has directed four films, written three novels, novels, and co-founded a theater company. I mean, here's a dude that's getting shit done. So um, the rules of the, of the night, rules for a night. So it is only appropriate, it's Veterans Day, let's talk about what a night is. Is a novel written by him that was illustrated by his son, Ryan Hawk. So he's got some killer kids. Um, he quotes that what has been valuable about the book for me is that it gave me an excuse and permission to bring up subject matters that are very difficult to talk about with his kids. So for him, it was about development. And basically, I love this, rules of the house. So I have rules of engagement. Mark, we had rules of the house. So this is key to me for every organization. For I mean, the, he did this for, but like, how do you define what the standard and expectation is in your house, in your business, anywhere in life, in your relationships? What are the rules of the house? And I want to, the quote at the end of that is, you know, I, I've just always loved the idea of knighthood. It makes being a good person cool or aspiring to be a good person cool, which is the, the, the idea and the philosophy behind what he wanted the rules of the house to be is. I want it to be cool to be a good person. So then what do we talk about and what are the pillars of doing that for my kids? Awesome stuff. So the book is divided into a, pref a preface, 20 subsections and an end poem. Each of the 20 middle sections focuses on a different value or virtue explained in a short tale. So it's done, you know, sort of like through the eyes of this night. There are 20 doozies here. Start rattling them off, dude. I mean, so just to go through the first five, he starts with solitude, humility, gratitude, pride, and cooperation. And the way he's telling stories about those things are relatable for kids, you know, like for for gratitude, it's you know, young Thomas suffers a toothache and complains constantly, annoying his grandfather. When winter comes, young Hawk complains of the cold. His grandfather reminds him that his, at least his tooth no longer bothers him. So the gratitude of one pain going away for another, but very cool, relatable things that are pillars of success and being a good person. Uh, I'm going to throw out one. Number seven in this was forgiveness. And I love this. Thomas remembers walking with his wife and coming up upon an angry child. Despite the child's awful behavior, Thomas wife, Thomas's wife aids him. This bothers Thomas for hours afterwards until he remarks, I set the child down hours ago, but I see you are still carrying him. So, you know, this idea that we are not a forgiving, you know, we're not a forgiving nature. We should be. Where did that go? You know? People hold grudges. People are, have judgment, judgment and attitude and bullshit that takes you away from the core of being a cool person, I think. And it's hard. It's work. There's no doubt. Fantastic stuff. So we're up on our time. But a uh, great start to a Wednesday. Thank you, sir. There's so much wisdom, sir. Sir Thomas. Yeah. Sir Newberg. <laughs> sir Shea. Sir, sir Newberg. Um, this content's already written. This goes in my library. So if anybody wants uh, the, the 10 uh, rules about trust, or if anybody wants the 20 um, things from knighthood, I am happy to share. Welcome, welcome, welcome to new information every day. Inputs, 
create outputs. You guys make it a great day. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <I'll>, uh, <laughs> we're just constantly on fire. See you guys. Have a great day. Take us home. Yeah.